You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 206, sponsored by Blast Rider from Funimation, in stock trades, and iFanboy listeners like you. There's a man going around taking names, and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. Well, hello, everyone. You've stumbled into another iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This, as we said, is episode 206. That's a big old number up there. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And this week, Connor, he's, he's, he may be south of the border. He may have passed down old Juarez, down old South America way in Portugal. Uh, so we have a special guest this week, uh, Chris Niesman from Around Comics. Hey, guys. Hello. He's a, we're, we're popping your, your iFanboy cherry, I think. I know. I was I was uh, so happy whenever whenever Ron finally asked me to be on the show. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't presume things. Tom's been on. You even got Jason from eleven o'clock on. So I was like I was like, you know, Ron tells me he likes me, but he never asked me to be on the show. I wanted to make sure that you completed the program first, and then eventually we just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get through his 12 steps and I'll forget this. He's never gonna... <laughs> I had to be seen in public wearing a uh, power and responsibility shirt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. no. But it, it was t- it was time long overdue. So thank you for ah. your name's yeah. in the well, thank you. now. We put you there. Yeah. You're in the <laughs> But you know what they did your Pesci right after that happened. Anyway. <laughs> I'm on a list. Uh, ifanboy.com is our website uh, where we write about and talk about comic books because we love them so very much. Every week we read a whole bunch of the books that come out that week, and one of us has the job of picking the one that they enjoyed the best. They call that the pick of the week, write a review about it that goes up on a Wednesday night, and then we talk about it on this podcast along with the other books from the week and anything else we can we can get ourselves into trouble yapping about. Um, uh, there, at the end, we've got more stuff to give away. It's a big uh, October giveaway month for iFanboy members. Of course, the iFanboy members are the people who've uh, decided to contribute a little something extra to the iFanboy uh, community, and we love them for that. Before we get going, there are going to be some spoilers because we're going to be talking about the books that came out this week. So if you haven't read your books yet, you may want to wait and come back later. Or, you know what? Live dangerously. Try the thai, the spicy Thai chili. You don't know. It could be delicious. Uh, Ron, you have the pick this week. Uh, get all charitable on us. All right. Well, so yes, I did have the pick, and I was after the. I don't know about you guys, but the past couple of weeks have been fairly brutal as far as uh, the stack of books. Um, so I was kind of welcome when I saw that I was only getting. I only picked up like ten or so books. Um, it was a light week. Um, but as often happens on a light week, uh, there's not a lot, of, lot, not a lot to choose from. Um, but that doesn't get in the way of this week's pick, which probably. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it would have been the pick on a big week with like Blackest Night and all these kind of things going on with these big event type things, but I'm kind of glad it came out in this kind of week because it really deserves some attention. Um, the, the pick of the week was Liberty Comics number two, uh, published by Image Comics in association with the CBLDF, which if you don't know what that acronym means, it's the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Um, probably one of the, their – in the world of comics, there are two kind of important charitable organizations. There's the Hero Initiative. Uh, which Chris, you've done a lot of work for, and we've Absolutely. done some work for as well. Which you know benefits uh, creators and when they're sick and and need help. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's more complex than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is easier to say. Yeah. Yes. If you're in the battle of the comic book charities, hero much easier than. Yeah. CBL. CBLDF. But so. Yeah. yeah. Go, go to heroinitiative.org for more information on yes, that. They're so. great. They're a great organization. Yep. They're very good people. But then also important is the CBLDF, the Comic Legal Defense Fund, which pretty much legally d- protects anybody who gets into a little trouble, uh, namely retailers who sell d- who sell dirty comics. Um, but again, <laughs> again, they, uh, again. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and not just go to their website for their explanation of it. And I want you to ignore what Ron says. Yeah, it's go, go to CBLDF.org. And well, I, it, it's uh, we'll jump in here real quick. I just read Tencent Plague. And if you if you want to understand why comic book companies and comic book creators need legal defense, read Tencent Plague, because yeah. if the CBLDF had been around in the 1950s, 
comics will be a lot different today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and just just by the recent cases that have been going on now that they've been involved in, it just it just shows the importance of it, of, of this as an organization. And Neil Gaiman is a huge supporter, and a lot of so you know, like if you look at their board, um, you know, it's their board of directors is like you know, like Peter David, Neil Gaiman, you know, Paul Levitz, Larry Martyr. I mean, like you know, real you know important people in the comic industry are involved in this organization. So, um, but how does that tie into the Liberty comics? Well, um, this is the second issue of a, um, of, a, a kind of a charity comic book where they've got, where the CBLDF has pulled together some great creators and put out this issue, put out an issue of a comic and all the proceeds go to the CBLDF. Um, the first issue came out, Oh geez, was it this San Diego or last year, San Diego? It was this year's, it was last year, San Diego. Yeah. Um, and it had some great creators in there, and uh, this kind of continues that tradition. Um, it's got a four ninety nine uh, price tag, but it's for charity, and it is an oversized issue. It's not just a twenty two page issue. It's 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 jam packed. There are um, like twelve stories in it, and a bunch of pinups. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read off to you guys some of the names involved in this book. Uh, Jason Aaron. Ooh. Moritat. He's good. Ooh. Ben Temple Smith. Mike Allred, Dave Johnson, Ooh. Paul Pope, Brian Wood, uh, Catherine Stewart Immonen, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, P- Paul Grist, Dave hey. Gibbons, <laughs> uh, China Clugston, Cameron Ooh. Stewart, Neil Gaiman, Jim Lee, mm. John Romita Jr., Tim Ooh. Sale. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, so with those kind of names, I mean, those are some of the biggest well, names. I mean, could, could they have gotten some, I don't know, credible yeah. comic book creators for this exactly <laughs> but so somewhat someone with a little bit of you know uh hoot spot uh, to get some of these copies off the shelves i don't know G- gentlemen where is dan slot <laughs> i ask you this <laughs> but um so it was a great anthology issue with a bunch of you know kind of short stories um you know jason aaron teamed up with moritat and did uh did a kind of a humorous uh, story wow. about the first censor in caveman times um which was really cool um Ben Templesmith and Ben McCool um, are uh, give the first exposure to sequential art from their new book Choker, which is coming out next year. Um, which, by evidence of this six-page story, is going to be awesome. Um, if you are a fan of Fell uh, or a fan of Templesmith in general, you need to find this issue and pick it up just to get this preview of, of Choker to see what it's going to be like. Um, you know, I'm just going through it. You know, Jamie S. Rich, Mike Allred, and Dave uh, Dave Johnson teamed up on a very kind of satirical uh, story about selling out in the Madman universe. In the Madman universe, um, <laughs> get an awesome six-page black and white uh, Paul Pope story uh, with his character Loverman, which was awesome. Um, so some Brian Wood art from his Channel Zero line of books, which I which I haven't seen in years. It was an so. original uh, Channel Zero story. Yep, that's pretty. That's that's pretty hey. real. Yeah, that's that's going that's going back to uh you know when nobody knew him exactly phase. yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of origins and 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 it had and if you read DMZ and you haven't read Channel Zero you go go find Channel Zero from Image Comics because you're gonna love it, um you know Kathy and Stuart Eminent teamed up on a very cute kind of um uh you know three pager um Jimmy Palmiotti wrote a, a painkiller Jane story that Jim Rugg drew and if you haven't oh. seen Jim Rugg's art oh, oh. so good. Um, uh, it, it just, every, every story was like the thing about a good anthology is that it should, at least in my opinion, is that, you know, it, it should be a blast to read and take you a while because even though the story is only six pages, the change in art style and the change in writing style, you can kind of get lost in. And that's exactly what happened. Um, a great Paul Grist, uh, Jack Staff, uh, story, which Chris, you just, you got, didn't you just get into Paul Grist? I, I am uh, just about finished with the uh, everything used to be black and white, which yep. if you can if you can find that is just fantastic, and it's it's one of those that I um, Paul Grist is one of those artists that at first glance you're like oh look at the cute little indie guy, but once you get into it, it there is there's some fantastic stuff going on with not just his art, but his, the way that he um, unfolds stories. So yeah, b- becoming a very big Paul Grist fan. Vindication because Josh and Connor don't listen to me with Paul Grist. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, I think that we've all had those artists. Uh, my first one was uh, probably Jack Kirby, where I was like, "Oh, those are silly old comics," yeah. and, it, and it hasn't been in you know since you know since I really started diving into the medium and the art form and really um, really fallen in love with comics all over again. That I've been able to go back and look at Kirby's stuff and go, "Wow, okay, yeah, he was oh, okay. the king. He was Paul, awesome." Paul Grist is not Jack Kirby. 
<laughs> no, 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 but but no, but that's that's what I'm. You, you know, I'm just I'm Kane? just comparing the. Ex- <laughs> have I ever read what? Kane, by Paul Grist. No. Yeah, go ahead no. and tell me what you make of that. Well, if he well, John, I got a couple copies I can send you. To all, to be to be fair, if he's starting out with Jack Staff, he'll he'll Kane will be fantastic because Jack Staff is is way out there. Way like you, Josh, you would hate Jack Staff. Yeah, I've tried. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, but really, yeah. I was reading upside down I would, for a while. I was like, what is? This? Oh, I wait. would not pick that. I <laughs> no, because I love that the way that the that the story you know, bounces. I, I I would think that that this would be right in Josh's wheelhouse. Yes. I don't know. I throw curveballs. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, about this. Anyway, moving on. So, um, there, there was a, there was a great uh, apocalyptic apocalyptic story that uh, from Cameron Stewart and Ray Fox uh, Oni um, title, and this one was colored, which was the first time I've seen these characters in color, which is pretty cool. Um, and then finally, the piece de resistance is the uh, six-page Neil Gaiman Jim Lee kind of jam. Which um, has a you hear Jim Lee and and you probably have you know connotations come in. This is like nothing you've ever seen from Jim Lee. Uh, grayscale, black and white, very artistic, sketchy, um, very kind of emotional art. Um, which is you know which was really really um, uh, a different you know different kind of angle from Jim Lee. All in all, great book. It goes to a great cause. Um, you get some great comics out of it, and I really you know like it's at the end of the day, at the end of my stack, this is the book that I was like you know that was the most fun to read. It was the most diverse. It was the most interesting. So yeah. nice. It, you know, it's really uh, uh, been very exciting and, and very cool to see the the really quality anthologies from the big collections like Pop Gun or, or you know, 24-7, all, all the all the great anthologies that have been coming out, but seeing some really neat single-issue anthologies again, and, and I think that was missing for a while, yep. and, and we've had some really good ones coming out in the last year or so. Yeah, no, I'm glad to see the single-issue because I missed the single-issue anthology because, you know, Pop Gun is awesome and I love it, but it's a, it's a meaty, it's a meaty read. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so so Liberty Comics number two. Go, I mean, it's kind of kind of hard to find because I don't think it uh, got ordered a bunch. But if you can find it at your store, or if you can order it out of uh, one of the online retailers, something like that, pick it up. All the money goes to charity. It's a good now, cause. It, w- it was published by Dark Horse last year. Is it Image this time? Uh, I think it was Image last time. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Image last Hellboy time. Hellboy was on the cover of mine last time. He was, yeah, but Image published it. Kickass is on the cover of this one. I mean, it, it, it I kind see of your did. point there, but uh, whatever. Yeah. I think the last one was Dark Horse, but I think I've always tended to associate Dark Horse with CBLDF for some reason. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure the first one was Image. So I, I will fight you. Sir. All right. Um, <laughs> so uh, back to our regularly scheduled. Did you feel moment. that? Did you feel that weight in the air? He was like, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, so, yeah. there's so much tension on serious? the show. Oh my really god! Is. How, how I, you I, know. do it? <laughs> so, um, so the book that was probably the runner-up for pick of the week was Adventure Comics number three. Um, uh, Jeff Johns, Francis Manipal at it again. Yeah, quite. It was uh, good. This would have. This was the. This was the box. The book that I ticked the little box for when I went with my pick of the week. It's never. This, this book is never my pick of the. It's. I never get a book like this in the week that I actually have the pick. I have. I get the book that pisses everybody off. But on weeks <laughs> that you guys do it, then I'm always like, oh man, Green Lantern was awesome. But uh, <laughs> this was. For one, it was really fun because, you know, having that Tim character be sort of on his own and, and seeing him. I, there's a lot of stuff that, that Connor probably liked about Red Robin when he liked it back, you know. But to yeah. see him with his friend, to see him try to sort of act like Batman, but also then just break down. It's like this alternate version of the Bruce Clark relationship, but it's, you know, the the Tim-Connor relationship, which is really nice. And then the fact that it was like the, the moment when he takes the hood off and, like, they sort of become open with one another and start talking, like, it was really... That was really touching. It was really nice, and and you know, again, you know, we, we'll beat this into the ground, but you know, Francis Manipal killed it on this one. I thought. Um, oh yeah. Well, he's killing it on every issue, and it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, like the the full page Red Robin on the motorcycle title page was just like I was wow. Like he he's doing these full page and two page spreads that are just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but yeah, no, I thought I, I, I this issue was great. I love the stuff in the beginning with uh, Superboy and Crypto. Mm-hmm. Where crypto was go- flying around, getting all his uh, rogues and delivering them to Superboy. <laughs> well, I know, I know, Josh and I are, are both dog owners, and so this, I, I love this book because of of uh, the relationship with crypto, who I think is, you know, this this is just John's doing what John's does best, and that is taking um, silly 
concepts or or characters that that have been kind of pushed off to the side forever and then brings them back embraces them and makes them not just um enjoyable but adds weight to stuff that you thought was pretty weightless before crypto i've never cared about crypto Mm. he's one of my one of my favorite secondary characters you know in dc now i mean that that is a real character and i thought that was a a fantastic um uh dog character moment between the one page points at him and says bad dog bad dog he's getting mad and then the dog looks at him, and all, like it brought back to me every time that I was a jerk and been like, I, my dog doesn't know what I'm talking about, and it's not okay for me to be frustrated with him. And like they captured that in one page. It was actually really neat, which you know works for all sorts of things. You know, you can be with your friends or with your kids or whatever. Like you lose your shit for a couple of seconds, and then then like the other person's just trying to be nice. You know, they're yeah. trying to help. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I thought it was good. I mean, it had some action, but I think ultimately it had a lot more. But it, like this book, this book is ridiculously personal for some reason, mm-hmm. you know. And like I think it it has to do with the you know the the kind of emotions or the story that Superboy's going through. Um, but also Manipal is is illustrating that in his art. Yeah, exactly. There there is a there is a friendliness to to Manipal's art. And this is a book about friendships and connections and, and reconnecting. And I, I think that friendliness of his art is, is a perfect match for, for what they're doing. Yeah. What's interesting is that I, I never read a, a Connor Kent story in my entire life. I mean, literally. And, but now I feel like I've known this character for, forever. Like, and, and that's really <laughs> kind of cool. Also, apparently, there's a backup story in this one. Well, that's the thing. The thing about really nice art. Yeah, the the thing about the thing about the backup story, and that's real. Really, this is the reason why it didn't get pick of the week for me, was that I thought the Superboy story ended very jiltedly, and then it went right into the back. Like you need, I need a clear delineation between the main story and the and the co feature. Mm. Yeah. You know, like there was there was no like there was no title page for the co feature until like three pages into the story. Yeah. And and like and and if you miss the yellow box at the bottom of of the Superboy last page, you, like I did when I was reading it on the bus, then you'd be like, what 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 the hell is this? You know. I think I think this is a growing problem in comics that I have personally is that it it, it was always the the title page, you know, it was your first page or maybe yeah. your second page, you know, as the as a reveal page or whatnot, and then they started moving things maybe to the last page to to you know like the end credits. Now it's like three pages in. Five. I, I read a comic that was like eleven pages in, and they have that's the title page. Of, that's coming out of TV. <laughs> like the Battlestar Galactica cold open would end up being like eight, ten, eleven minutes long. I think twenty four used to really push it. Uh, not twenty four. Oh, yeah. uh, Alias. Yeah. It would do. It was like fifteen minutes into the show, well, and I think that that's bleeding over into comics. They're... And D- DC's <laughs> getting really bad about it. Like Marvel, Marvel does more of the last page with the credits and stuff like that, which is fine. But like this issue, the Superboy story, the title page is ten pages in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's halfway through the book. And then, and then you have them do the same thing with the Legion story. So yeah. I had no idea which one. I mean, the art obviously the art is different, changed. but it's like it's okay, like... okay, whatever. You're going to have a backup story or a co-feature, whatever they're calling. It. It's like okay. It, you need to know when one starts and one stops. So. Uh, by the way, I would like to not be on this bandwagon because there are going to be comments and emails and be like, "What are you stupid?" There was a lit thing that said, "Read it next week." I'm you two complain <laughs> about this. I'm the art clearly. <laughs> I was just making fun of the fact that there is a backup story in this that I tried to read and just do not, for the life of me, care about. Yeah, well, it's Legion. It's That's very nice looking. Yeah, and I'm sure it's good if you're into this kind of thing. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, so um, yeah, so it's Venture Comics number two. I love it. It's beautiful, and I can't wait for Manipal to do the Flash. So, moving me. on. Uh, oh, good. I see that we have Uncanny X Men five sixteen up next, or Walking Dead sixty six. Take your pick. Oh, that wasn't as funny. Uh, Walking <laughs> Dead sixty six was the fifth part of five in the Fear the Hunters storyline. Do, do I need to walk away, or I think I can. I can get around okay. this. Let's spo- let's spo- let's let's spoil the shit out of it and turn off iPods all over the world. No, I just find I find fasc- <laughs> I find fascinating. I think and actually, Chris, I think you guys on on a recent um I, I was I, when I was on vacation, I let all my podcasts pile up, so I just like mm-hmm. binged on like eleven o'clock on on Word Balloon on you know, a whole bunch of other podcasts. And on one of them, you guys were talking about Walking Dead, and I forget who said it, but someone said there's like this unspoken rule amongst us podcasters that yeah, we absolutely. don't spoil Walking Dead. We yeah. spoil every other book. We talk about what happens and everything, but for yeah. some reason, we protect Walking Dead. 
It's amazing. There is there there, there is the golden apple at the top of the tree that that says Walking Dead, and no podcaster is allowed to yeah, is, is allowed to grab Dead. that apple. We we don't spoil Invincible, and we didn't yep. spoil Why the Last Man. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. I think I, I love that. I love that unspoken rule. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, this was a, a kind of a tour de force for Charlie Adlard. He got a lot more room yeah. to sort of build a lot of. Um, just a lot more emotional scenes than he had been in a lot of stuff before. There was a lot of sort of, let's say, emotional crescendos between the relationships between some of the characters because the thing that happened at the beginning was so harsh and it had nothing to do with any of the zombies um, that it's something that they're all going to have to live with. And then at the end, there's a big reveal again, which feels like they've been stringing this thing out for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a strong issue, though. It was, it was very good, but it it... It wasn't a blow you away kind of issue because I felt like, like the the meat of the issue of the story arc happened in the last issue. You know, the big moment was in the last issue, and this was just sort of cleaning it up, although in a very very messy way. Yeah, you know, usually in uh, in in comics, how they're how they're structured is that you build up to a to a moment of action, mm-hmm. and then it's a it's a, a short um, you know resolution to that. And this was this was inverse. It was it was the the main action of the book happened in the first couple pages, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it was dealing with that. And and that's you know kind of what Walking Dead is about in a lot of ways, anyway. Well done, really really good issue. Interesting. Like mm-hmm. I said, it was one of Charlie Adlard's best for sure. Um, did a, did a great job with this. Some very nice absolutely stuff in that one. And now, it's, I was so excited about it before. I was like, oh, I wonder what Ron has to say about Uncanny X Men five sixteen. Shut I up, you the gun. Shut up, you. So, um, Uncanny <laughs> X Men five sixty one uh, is the first issue of the the, the new Nation X kind of storyline. And it, uh, if you see the cover, it's a big uh, Magneto full face on the cover. Magneto is back. Um, oh. And the reason, and a reason why I wanted to bring this up, aside from <laughs> aside from the awful Greg Land art. Was um was that essentially there's a two page explanation of how Magneto got his powers that completely like it was what you know how every now and then in comics there's that it's not a retcon but it's a what you didn't know like an explanation of what happened behind the scenes that just I think that is a retcon. Well, no, it's not a record. Well, essentially, uh-huh. essentially, what happened was: Do you remember that whole endangered species beast trying to solve the M Day thing that happened in the back in the backup stories of X Men books? That awful thing that Mike Carey did. Sort of. Um, in that beast, so beast is trying to solve the why there's no mutants thing, this the Scarlet Witch M Day thing, and he went in the very beginning. He went to the High Evolutionary, and the High Evolutionary said, "No, I'm not going to help you." But for some reason, the High Evolutionary decided to help Magneto. Now, do you remember the Neil Gaiman uh, um, uh, Eternals or no, External or whatever, the Celestial story? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the Eternals. Yeah. Remember how in that there was a Celestial planted himself in San Francisco in Golden Gate Park, just kind of standing there? Well, apparently – in the very when Fraction and Brubaker started their run on X Men, there was a skirmish with Magneto. Apparently, that was a diversion to the fact that the High Evolutionary absconded with that Celestial's uh, brain. What? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it says. It says. <laughs> Did he like use like a wrench and pliers? Basically, it explains. He says, he says, he goes. This is the this is the dialogue that Magneto telling how he got his powers back. We started in space. We devised a plan. We would start by lobotomizing a god and seizing his mind and all the power therein. And so we came here, where the dreaming celestial came to stand. For whatever obscure and arcane reasons one can ascribe to such beings, I, with artificially created powers, caused a distraction to make sure you didn't stop my associate as he absconded with the celestial. They just really like you the just whole thing a, or just his brain. I don't. It just there's a little panel of like the high evolutionary at, at the celestial's head because yeah. he's huge. I know. You would know yeah, I mean, I mean, in in in, uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, that's that's like an, a headquarters. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Literally, yeah. literally. Yeah, literally a headquarters. <laughs> so apparently, that the whatever they got from the celestial was able to give Magneto his powers, but it's not a cure for M Day because it broke the machine and it only worked once. But now Magneto's got powers. Talk about a contrived like I know it's comic books and this is you, what the X Men do, you know. You but like, love this. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, I do. Mean, like, I've decided now that what happens is every three or four issues of the X Men, you complain about, oh, such a contrived hackneyed device. You 
Love it. You have a spoon and a jar of whipped cream. Yeah. I didn't use that internet meme. Fail. Yeah. So fail. fail. So yeah, so, so Magneto's back and Greg Land sucks. So and, and Ron's abusive relationship continues. Exactly. I do love it. In my mind, by the way, Greg Land draws the same way he did when I first saw him on Nightwing in the late nineties, and I still quite like him. You like Greg Land, wow. I like Greg Land in nineteen ninety eight. Wow. And I've decided to give him the benefit of the doubt, and that's how I will think of him because that's I'm a nice guy. That's why. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sort of anthologies. Uh, yes, so sir. That's what we call a late a late segue. Uh, House of Mystery Halloween Annual Number 1 of a of, of well-planned event or, or book, I must say, from, from Vertigo came out this week. And I'm sure, Chris, you read this. Yes? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Wow. Of course, I read all the House of Mystery. I love that series. Why, why don't you tell us about it? <laughs> well, uh, we were talking about anthologies earlier and how the single issue anthology has been uh, – we've been seeing a few more of them. But for folks that don't read House of Mystery uh, monthly, you should know that uh, that's your chance to get a little mini anthology in your comics every month because the uh, the general concept of House of Mystery is that there is a, a, an over uh, an overarching – story that takes place in the house of mystery and there's a bar which is a nexus point um for all of these universes and the people that meet in this bar there's no currency there except for the stories that they tell so they basically have these stories which open up the uh the door for awesome independent and maybe lesser known mainstream artists to uh, to come in and do a little story in each issue and that is the basic concept of of house of mystery this is the halloween annual and it is several stories that are built around a halloween party in the house of mystery as fig has uh who's one of the main characters does not like halloween and so she uh finds uh just a a real quick costume in one of the rooms of the of the house which is a mask which she puts on and in true Bad house move, of mystery Fig. yeah I mean, yeah I you don't like, you, you, look at that don't put that on your face you moron you're in the house of mystery it's a grotesque mask if you put that on it's not going to come off <laughs> come on we all know this and uh, and what the the mask does, it, uh, it it attaches to her face and pretty what it kind of subjugates her to watching the actions of other masks in different different worlds and yeah and which is a, a really nice device to jump into the the house of mystery little mini stories and what was um, at first really neat about it is that it was kind of a little tour around the vertigo universe yeah. it's like oh here's here's a constantine story oh my gosh constantine is showing up in house of mystery how awesome is that and then and there was it, this it uh, also tied into what's going on in hellblazer right now which was kind of interesting oh really well yeah. it it, there's a, a Mike Allred story, which is uh, for for I Zombie, which I guess is going to be coming out. There was uh, a beautifully uh, drawn uh, Mark Buckingham drawn Kevin Nolan inked uh, story with the uh, yes, yeah. uh, it was fantastic. But but I got I got about three quarters of the way through this, and I was like, son of a bitch! I just spent five dollars on an ad for Vertigo Comics. <laughs> Really, it was a. I, mean, the, the, I felt that way about the All Red story. That that was the only yeah. one that I felt was out of out of place. I guess the, yeah. the I really but, liked but the I, Constantine I loved... story. Uh, that was. I mean, there was an original story by the people who were doing Hellblazer. So and and it's good. So that that wasn't a problem. Um, the the story on its. I've the, one of the things that I got to say about House of Mystery is that I do like it, but I've sort of lost the thread of the main story. A little bit. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. It's um, they they something. I was thinking about this the other day that something big needs to happen. There has been some big revelations in in the in the storyline, but like something needs to happen. I tend to not have a context for the big things that happen. I suppose because I'm still a little less than connected with all of the people. Like I kind of some. I, yeah, I think there has to be a revelation. We have to know something soon. I think I know it's the mm -hmm. House of Mystery, but we need a little light. It's getting to be a little yeah. bit like Lost season two, where you're like, okay, you gotta, you gotta explain. <laughs> Throw something. me a bone. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, well oh, done. Uh, it's fun, and the stories in the middle mm -hmm. are always the highlight of it. Yes. Gonna see guys like David Peterson and and Tony Akins, and I mean, tons, tons. 
Oh, nice. Uh, we need probably to mention the uh, uh, the Madame Xanadu, which this is a chance for you to see uh, Amy Reader Hadley's art, which is absolutely beautiful. It's very nice art. I didn't read the story. <laughs> Madame Xanadu can be a hard read. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's very nice looking. Yeah. Anyways, what's yeah. next? Apparently, that's I skip things now. That's what I do. <laughs> that's what that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, this would be a bad. Thing. You want what you don't want to do is skip the sponsors of the show because they bring the show to you. Hear what I did there? Hey, yeah. uh, a bloodborne plague races across Germany. This is fictional, giving life to mechanized monsters that are hellbent, hellbent, and on leaving a bloody trail of victims in their wake. Known as demoniacs, these creatures have the perverse ability to mend with, meld with technology and wield it as an extension of their uncontrollable cyber rage. Standing in their way is civilization's last hope for a savior. Joseph Jobson, the mysterious lone rider, <laughs> fuses with an unreal technology of his battle-tested motorcycle to defend man against machine. But the same tainted blood that supplies his strength threatens to devour his soul, leaving him nothing more than a murderous demon. Behold the Pale Rider. I wish I could say that like Johnny Cash. Blast Rider Part 1, available on October 20th from Funimation Entertainment. That's this Tuesday coming up. So if you're listening to this on Sunday or Monday, uh, that's when you can find Blast Rider Part 1. Actually sounds quite cool. Uh, you can go to Funimation.com slash Blast Rider to learn more about that. And we want to thank Funimation for sponsoring the show. They do good stuff. They I do. just rewatched all of the Afro Samurai. Which well, was awesome. Well, if you weird, and if and if you keep listening later at the end of the show, the giveaway this week is a Funimation prize pack of DVDs, and it includes Afro Samurai: The Director's Cut. Ooh, so, Ooh. yeah. So lucky winner's gonna get that. In that about ain't for kids. I'll tell you what, minutes. No, it's no. very pretty on Blu-ray, by the way. Yes, it is. I've, I've very pretty. Uh, there was a few books out this week that were new. I gave one a shot. It was uh, Anchor Number One from Boom, and it's written by uh, Phil Hester, who's been doing. Um, the darkness over at at Top Cow and and you know as we talked about in the Top Cow show we did uh, he's he's got some skills he did a little while back a, a special like a darkness special with with Mike uh, Oming on art um, I forget the title of it but it was like a darkness history thing that was all Vikings and magic and stuff like that and it was really 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 good I feel bad for Top Cow because I should be able to say the name of it but look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so that's actually why I gave this a, a shot. Anchor number one is it's sort of it takes place in Iceland, I believe, and a yes. big god thing comes flying out of the 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 sky to fight these other big monsters, and he doesn't remember anything about himself, but he's constantly uh, sort of quoting scripture, but he doesn't know what the Bible is, and it's like a, a mystery, and and a, a spunky doctor comes along and, and, and helps him out. And she's like, well, if you, you, cause you're on fire. So why don't you stand next to the ice beast and melt him? And it's a, and like, they're like, you've helped me woman. And, and it's, who is this guy? It's kind of like the Hulk, but like wants to do good, but doesn't know where he is or where he's come from. Just, you know, knows he's supposed to go fight the big monster. And, it's one of those things where if you like that kind of thing, you're gonna you're gonna really like this a lot. Uh, I think it's gonna take a little while to get going, but it was a fun issue. It was really well yeah. drawn. Um, it was just a cool, different kind of thing to it reminded me of, like the kind of stuff that you would have seen out of Marvel in the '60s before they were completely doing you know just all superhero stuff. It was the kind of he, stuff he's right. he's kind of like uh, Hellboy meets your your drunk uncle. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. Uh, okay. it, was, it was a fun little thing to check out, though. So it's Boom's been cool. doing some Boom had Uncle Scrooge this week, which is awesome. Yeah, so, I, lo- I love yeah. The, the diversity in their line. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oh, okay, okay, Vince. No, I, I, <laughs> hey, man, I'm a big Uncle Scrooge fan. Augie turned me onto the wonderful world of Uncle Scrooge. So, hey, White Wife and Times of Scrooge McDuck. It's yeah, exactly. one of the one of the the high holy books. Yep. So, um, uh, DMZ number forty six came out, and I've been complaining about DMZ for the past like year or so that it's been kind of wavering. And um, Brian Wood introduced something at the very end of this that uh, could. could could ignite the rest of the, the remaining, I think, year and a half left in the run of this book. I'm assuming it's going to end like around 60, like every Vertigo book. But um, introduced a character that has started up a radio-free DMZ and like a ra- uh, pirate radio station to kind of be a different voice, you know, to be a voice different than the government and different than Parco's government. And I, by the end of the issue, I was really like excited. So, um, so I'm hoping that uh, DMZ ends on a high note. Awesome. Speaking of high notes, uh, you remember that Marvel's Project Number One was my pick of the week a while ago. Two was kind of fun, but three was was really good. It was, yep. it was fun. There was a great, great scene with Namor, and I just love that they're really highlighting his ambiguity. I suppose you know, like he's you know he's a good guy, he's a bad guy, and they're sort of exploring how that works at this time. Um, it's just a fun issue, but I think more than anything. I, I'm reading it. I'm reading it. Just going, man. Steve Epting is yeah. just. I mean, 
he's he was a guy i mean literally you can go pick out issues of the avengers from the from the 90s that steve epting did and they don't look that good oh they look awful no yeah. i mean they're like they're not yeah. good like we were looking we were looking at covers and literally laughing at them at one point because they were terrible but at some point along the line you know mm-hmm. man he had the art the the art epiphany where he's like i'm gonna be awesome now he yep. is awesome and it's a guy whose yeah. name doesn't get thrown around in that sort of high echelon context and he is killing on this book it's so good the other thing that was really cool about it is that ed brubick has really like decided somewhere along the line to really embrace like a noir vibe with this and there's like <laughs> there's like narration talking back to the character and i'm like oh that's how we're going surprise surprise no i know but <laughs> yeah. it's funny it's yeah. just it's unabashed though it's not like a little bit i was like oh it's just full-on out she yep. knew what she was talking about, but I had to do something. <laughs> oh, it's like screw it, we're doing this thing. <laughs> so, um, over across the street, Blackest Night continues. You got two books this week. You had uh, Green Lantern Corps number forty-one, where the shit just keeps hitting the fan. Um, so much Tomasi packs so much action into this book. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, and then Blackest Night Batman number three, which I know you guys have been loving, but I uh, this ended with a bad taste in my mouth because it felt as if this didn't matter. Yeah, well, bit. of course it it's it's a mainstream comic. None of it matters. Well, no, in but the in, the, in the I mean, in the grand scheme of it, it just like you know, like it actually ended with the the sentence, "So we can fight them tomorrow." You know, like well, yeah, but you had you had you had Dead Man possessing the demon Etrigan, yeah, was which was awesome. worth every single penny to see demon on a big splash page go i'm coming and i'm bringing hell with me yeah. i was like oh yeah that that that, that was that's cool. good stuff he quoted yeah. tombstone wow <laughs> it's just it's just i keep comparing this one to blackest night superman which i think is awesome and well, this one this being is that batman's not going to solve this problem right so you know it's not going to be anything I, the, I think the value of this little mini was that there was some really nice character and relationship moments that happened in there I a actually lot. thought yeah. some of the the Tim not Tim uh, the Dick and Damien relationship made some steps in this that I thought was really nice whether that gets reflected in other stories or not who knows but um. as, as a non-Batman fan I'm getting really tired of hearing about the Dick Damien relationship <laughs> you, 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 you have been reading Batman and Robin right no, I haven't because I stopped because I because of the art. Well, I stopped. You will again, so yeah, I will. Yeah, mm-hmm. So there. And uh, and Kubert c- uh, delivers an awful cover again. I ha- I've hated the Kubert covers on the start in the series, but anyway. yeah, you know, I, I think it, it it does reinforce the um uh, the Black Lantern's need to have emotionally charged victims, and that yeah. that's you know what they're doing through the entire issue is is pushing all of of Tim and Dick's buttons to get them as emotionally riled up but, as possible. And, so. and and that's the and that's the big mystery with the Black Lanterns that I figured out is that the Black Lanterns they you know they they've got powers and stuff like that, but no, they come back to make you feel bad. Yeah. Yes. Like that's what you know. Like they, then they, like, well, that's true. They they feed off of that that anger and that energy. They try to get you as upset as possible, and then it's snack time, yeah. bitches. Yeah. Now, and I haven't figured out if it actually gives them more power. If it is, if it makes for a a more powerful kill, or if it just tastes better. Yeah, I think it's probably the latter. Yeah, yeah, which <laughs> is kind of creepy. It's like a fine gray salt. Uh, <laughs> what's what's this beast of burden number one here? Beast of burden is maybe one of the coolest yet most confusing comics I've read this year. Um, confusing in in a couple ways, and I, and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. Um, uh, this is Beast of Burden, number one. It is by Dark Horse Comics. Uh, it came out eh, in the last month or so. It uh, is by Evan Dorkin of uh, Milk nice. and Cheese fame. Nice. And uh, and Jill Thompson, so we've got uh, you know I did this just for you and me, Josh. This is our our New York Chicago hookup here. This mm-hmm. is uh, the New York writer, Chicago artist. So um, this, let me see here. Um, You're talking about an old book. Have you ever listened to this show? <laughs> I was so confused because I knew I was like. There was a book that came out that sounded just like that, but that was a few weeks ago, and we wouldn't do it. Okay. You're hot. Look at you. He's you broke, you broke format on us. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh you know did, I, did, I miss, did I miss one? You know who never did that? <laughs> Tom Caters never did that. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you guys, you guys have you guys have talked about this. What? what okay, but what confused no, we, we me about it? We haven't talked about it. We so didn't I, talk about it all yet. Oh, okay. It's just, okay. It's just the fact that it came out a month ago. What, what is uh, I was interested in, but I didn't pick it up. Um, it, it, think Our Gang with talking animals it is it is a neighbor meets buffy so so basically the, the the setup is that you have this neighborhood of of animals dogs and cats and they're all 
like our gang. It's like it's like the the little rascals in, in how they talk with each other and all that. But the town that they live in is called Burden Hill, therefore Beast of Burden. And think um, Hellmouth from from Buffy. It's there's all sorts of weird supernatural stuff that happens in this town, um, evidenced by the first couple pages. It raining frogs, and then all of the frogs start eating each other, and then running off into the woods. It is a pet renaissance in comics right now. Yeah, it is. Crypto yeah. and the Pet Avengers, and then then this. Yep. So so all of these all of these dogs and, and and a few cats go off on this adventure into the woods to find out what's going on with these these frogs and to find one of the other dogs that had that had that had run off and and crazy um, huge frog supernatural stuff happens and so all of the dogs and these cats start fighting this this supernatural hoo ha. Now what confused me is that they reference a lot of stories that have already happened. And this is issue one. I'm like, okay, is they just throwing you in the middle of it here? But there had apparently, as you read in the letter section, there had been short stories that Evan Dorkin and, and Jill Thompson had done in some other Dark Horse uh, uh, different collections leading up to this. So there is some history to these characters. It's not oh. integral to the story. And the other thing is that this would be an awesome kid's book. But there's a pug in here that that has he talks like a sailor, and and it kind of takes away the the kid friendliness of it. I mean, this could very easily be like a um, a bone esque or a you know that that kind of that that kind of kids book. It's beautifully painted. You're dealing with talking animals, and I mean, it would be a, a great a great kids book. But yeah, the language in it gets a little. Yeah, I don't know if I would give this to like my my seven year old nephew. I thought that was an so. odd choice to put sort of Evan Dorkin on a book that looks like you could sell his. Not to put him on because it's his book, but I was like, mm-hmm. it was the disconnect. Yeah, it's like it's almost an awesome kids book. But it's it's it it's it it just would have taken a little bit of cleanup, and I'm not one to be prudish about stuff. But I think they would have had a real a real hit on their hands it, dealing with like the the kids market. But you know, it's it's a fun book um, if you if you like the idea of talking animals um, fighting giant um, giant frogs in the woods and casting spells. There there are dogs that are apparently magicians in this book. It's crazy. Hmm. Well then. I've never seen that in the park, but I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> we have a, a a vital and vibrant user community, and they rate and review books all the time, and we like to take some time to make sure that uh, their reviews are heard in addition to ours. So we have a couple of them that we like to highlight, and the first one is from <laughs> maybe my new favorite username, Fraggle Uprising. He <laughs> talked about Deadpool 900, uh, gave the story a 3 out of 5, and the art a 3 out of 5. So he's noncommittal. And the pick of the week percentage on this was 2.3%. And he says, I've never read Deadpool before this, and I hadn't planned on picking the issue up, but I was won over when I saw the first two pages had the combination of Jason Aaron's name, a spaceship, and Deadpool in a car full of dead Russians. I don't know if I was going to get $5 worth of comic, but I was willing to take my chances. All in all, it was spotty, but okay. I laughed about as much as I groaned, and I liked it enough that I wouldn't be opposed to reading more Deadpools, but Jeepers was this long. It took me three sittings to get through the whole thing. Is it possible that this was almost too much comic? That doesn't sound like you liked it. Well, he, he, it was middle of the road. He gave it a three out of, three out of five. So that, that, um, that doesn't make me go back to the bar. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I've heard about this book. I mean, it was the, the big dare, dare, uh, Daredevil, Deadpool 900 issue that was packed with like all these kind of short stories by a bunch of different creators. Um, continuing the mystery of Deadpool and why the fact that there is freaking three on three titles at Marvel right now featuring Deadpool. It's like. Craziness. Uh, it's the world, I, I said Beast of Burden confused me, but yeah. he, you want to talk about something that's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Are there? What's the question? Uh, is it possible that there's almost too much comic? Eh, in yeah. this case. Yeah. Exactly. Well, anytime Deadpool's involved, I think there's too much comic. Oh! <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, so, uh, but, you know, but it had a wonderful cover, so that's for sure. So. It certainly did. Next yeah. time. Next up, uh, Changing Shades writes a review of Incredible Hercules, number 136, where he gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5. And at the time of writing this, 7.8% of you made it your pick of the week, which is astounding. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, Cheney sa- Shade says, if you don't read and enjoy Hercules, you are dead inside and I weep for you. This book is awesome on a cracker. Seriously, there are not nearly enough comics with cheap shots like this in fights. Herc's antics are like a kegger in college. Turn off your brain and have fun with it for God's sakes. That's not to say it didn't have its sweet moments too, but anymore I'm not making a, a pick of the week unless I can give it to someone on the street walking by and say, here, this is why it's awesome. Read this. If all comics were as awesome as this and Atomic Robo, I would never have any money ever. And uh, continuing the fact that we don't read apparently the best book pu- being published right now, Incredible Hercules number 136. Who's we? Uh, us. Well, I fanboy. You read this? I, heck, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, so surprisingly good that I have to keep going back and, and picking it up. But, yeah, it's been uh, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. I think once it kind of got um, unencumbered from all of the uh, all of the event stuff yep. that it, it really, really took off. And uh, uh, Fred Van Lenny, just just one of those guys that. It's so sneaky good whenever dealing with superhero stuff. And yeah, uh, Incredible Herc is is a really fun Marvel comic. If you if you just love fun superhero, crazy mythology, nuttiness, it's it's great. I mean, there's a real momentum going on with this book. I can, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we, we're, I'm sensing it now. Like every time it comes out, people are more and more excited about it. I read. Um, last time we had Tom on, he was talking about it, and I read the issue, and it, it was good. It's not, it's not kind of my favorite kind of thing. I really, it's one of those things that I really want to like, but it, it just doesn't. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, a lot of a lot of mythology stuff. If you're into mythology, it's 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 and and smart writing. It's it's yeah. It's good. So. Yep. Great, so, great Greek diners are like holy ground. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm from, I'm that's from, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, and that's where you can find all the books that come out every week, and you can uh, do your pull list, and you can come back and rate and review them and do your own pick of the week. Uh, so definitely do that. And if you need a place to um, to pick up the trade of Incredible Hercules when it comes out, you can head over to In Stock Trades. Um, you can save up to 37% off, and they give free shipping on orders over $50. I got an update from our good buddy Zach over at InStock Trades. They've got over 9,000 trade paperbacks in stock. Here. It's <gasps> that's, insane. That's much higher than we um, they got new releases listed every Wednesday. Uh, usually if you make an order, it usually ships within 48 hours and they pack it up all neatly and nicely. And in fact, they're 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 hooking me up. I, I I've been chasing after the the Captain Britain omnibus and they had it and I'm gonna get it. So uh, very excited for that. So thank you to Zach for taking care of me. And uh, uh, so head over to our good friends at uh, Instock Trades, www.instocktrades.com, and that's where you can order all your trade paperback needs. So. You know, I've been there. They are not lying about the nine thousand trades i've been to the store i picture the warehouse at the end of raiders of the lost ark but all trades it is it is it is beautiful it is glorious i wanted to just sleep there it was which speaking of the last time i was there i picked up the uh the hardcover for uh for for uh uh, jli i forgot to get it from you i forgot to give it to you whenever you're in chicago so i need to mail it to you you need to mail it to me i actually i thought about that on while i was on the plane i was like son of a bitch guys (laughs) guys time time and a place I know. Anyway, onto the <laughs> onto the emails. Our first email comes from Gary, who asks, "Are there any series already collected in trade that you would consider getting in back issues instead? If so, why?" No. I've gone back and bought the back issues of Transmetropolitan for no other reason than sentimentality. I've also bought back issues of The Invisible so that I would have access to the letter columns. I know Ron collects old Uncanny, but what about Josh and Connor or Josh and Chris? Um, thanks. So, do you have any desire to go back and get back issues anymore? No, no. I've done uh, it. I did yeah. it for I have every issue of Astro City. Yep. Uh that's the only one I've ever done it for. I think you know, if I had like a lot of money, I would definitely like, I would love to have the, all the Watchmen issues. I would do that. I do yeah, have well, a sentimentality for certain things. But it, Well, I think I think there's I think there's a combination of two things. I mean, like I I'm working on my Uncanny run, I'm working on my X Factor run and and I I have a fledgling uh, my New Mutants run and I'm uh, a fledgling uh Defenders run. But um uh, it, part of it's sentimentality, but then also think about somebody who's new to comics. Like, do you think it's do you think it's wise for someone to go chase the back issues of Criminal for the back matter? Because that's not in, collected in the trades. Uh, if you if you really want to, um, yeah. hurt. I think yeah. it's less of a need for current books. I don't see any desire. Any I don't because I'm collecting the issues, but anything I'm reading, like I don't feel the need to go back and get the issues of why. Like I bought that in trade, and I'm okay with that. Or Walking yeah. Dead, for that matter. Yeah. Well, the, if anything, it's the opposite. Like I have all yeah. the issues of why, and it'd probably be kind of cool if I just had them all on the on the shelf. But I don't really want to buy them again. Yeah. 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 You know, some people just like old book. You know, like Tom. Yeah. So, you know. but, but Tom doesn't buy the issues. Tom gets those. Tom gets the showcases and the essentials and stuff like that. But he does. Oh, he does. 
he, but, no, but oh, oh hell no he's got closets full of old old well he does yeah he, uh, he goes coverless books. Books. he goes quarter bin diving he does but it's not but yeah but that's actual it. old books but the yeah, thing exactly. is, is yeah. those have a whole different thing going on because they're a little time capsule and like yeah. when we did mm. the minis i used to do that that old ads feature and so yeah. anything from say not 10 years ago back those are fascinating to read as issues. So there, there is a, there is an intrinsic value to those. But I think that for me, it had to be something really special. I mean, it have to be the Dark Knight Returns issues or you know something like that. Yeah. Interesting question. Good so if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. And it's been a while since we've done the voicemail, so we want to get a couple of them quickly here. Um, our first voicemail comes from Ryan, who's got a question about a cartoon. Hey, I Fanboy Crew. This is uh, Ryan Williams, and I was wondering what you guys thought of a uh, new fad that seems to be going around Marvel these days. The Superhero Squad from the line of toys, their own comic strip, and the new TV show that's airing on Cartoon Network right now. I just wanted to know how you, if you've seen any of these episodes, if you've like, seen any of the comics or the toys, and what you think about the really cutesy, uh, kid-like version of our favorite Marvel superheroes and villains. Thanks, and I love the show, and keep up the good luck, work. So I, this I, this voicemail actually echoed a, lot, a couple of conversations I had recently where people have asked me what I thought of the Marvel Superhero Squad. I haven't watched it because I don't really watch cartoons, but I also don't think I would watch it because it's not for me. It's for kids. <laughs> and, what, do you, what do you think of that? I just, I just the, the ridiculousness of saying that on a comic book review podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It's like, so like, you know, I've, I, somebody the other day was like, God, you see that? It looks so stupid. That's like, oh, kitty fight or whatever. It's like, that's the point. Like, <laughs> like if it gets, if it gets five, six year old kids knowing who Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and Cyclops are, then fine. Great. Then they might read the freaking comics. I, I don't have to like everything they do. Exactly. It's, it's not, not like me. Not, it's not, it's not always for us. <laughs> that is an excellent take on it. You know, thank you. Like, you know, you think, so, like, like what'd you think of the Catwoman movie? I don't care. It's not for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's I'm, like this real rare moment of clarity. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna adopt that. that is, wow. That is, yeah. that's good stuff. So if you if you have a six or seven or eight year old, make them well, no, make them, but let them watch Marvel <laughs> superheroes. Shit. Tie tie that child down, pry their eyes open. You will watch this. Like a clockwork orange. You just got a rare glimpse into Ron's childhood, so that was fun. <laughs> Get in the box. <laughs> All right, our next voicemail has got a question about some other kinds of comics. Hi, this is Sam from Wisconsin, and I just have a question for you guys. I was recently reading um, uh, the Phoenix comic, and I was really enjoying it, and I realized how you guys never really talked about the Sunday comic strips or uh, comic strips in general. So I was just wondering if you guys read them, and if you did, what was your favorites? All right, um, I love the show. Thanks very much. Um, bye. Now, those, those are in newspapers? Yes, they are. Is that yeah. where those show up? What are newspapers? I don't know. It's, it's not really a question you're going to have to bother answering for much longer. So, so, did e so did either of you read the Sunday comics ever in your life? When I was oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, you, you yeah totally. Totally. Read that. totally. You, know when I, you, know, you know when I stopped? When? Calvin and Hobbes. When Calvin and Hobbes wrap, wrapped up, there was no reason for me to read Sunday funnies anymore. I read everything that Calvin Hobbes did, but I never read those in the newspaper. I always read those in books after. Oh, I read the, I read, yeah, that's actually funny you say that, Chris, because I think that's, a, I, I was a devout Sunday comics reader. Like, yep. every, I mean, Peanuts, Dagwood, you know, like, um, uh, Farside, Farside, um, uh, Berkeley Breathe, the uh, uh, Bloom County stuff, which uh, is IDW collected recently, which mm -hmm. you you have to get. It's, oh, it's awesome. It's in comics. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Calvin and Hobbes, um, and, then, and then more recently, you know, Dilbert, and I actually do enjoy Zitz, um, which is a fun and, and baby. And there's a baby blues, or there's there's one about like this. The or, yeah, but do you, yeah. you read them regularly? No, 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 no. no. But because I don't get a paper anymore, that's the thing. Right. Yeah, but well, but I the thing is, when I go home and I stay with my sister, they get the Sunday paper, and I always read the comics. What year do they live in? No, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I get the paper. <laughs> really? Well, you're old. Yes, you? <laughs> you're old. Oh. <laughs> No, I mean, but like I actually, I actually wait at like four o'clock in the morning to make sure that he's not late delivering it as I eat my oatmeal. Really? I, uh, on the front porch. It's all that he can do. Well, not really. <laughs> it's, it's the only thing he can eat anymore. The, he's, the doctor's got him on pills. And anyway, uh, I read Dilbert, but I read it on their website. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I read that regularly. You know, it's you know, I, I hate to sound like also an old man, but comics suck now. Yeah. Like 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 for the like it's oh, yeah. not a joke to say that if you pick up a comic section in any newspaper right now, for the most part you'd be like, This is so 
not interesting and it's so watered down and not funny that I just gave up on them at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also, yeah. it's important, I also consider it a very different, very different medium than comic books. Yeah. It's not, oh, yeah. Really? It's, very, it's very different, yeah. They're, they're related so- tangentially, but not really. Well, you know, yeah, the, 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 the thing that I think whenever we were all growing up, there were comic strips that were in the, you know, that were a part of pop culture. You know, Garfield, Calvin and Hobbes, Farside. Um, Man, I was caught nuts. up in For Better or For Worse for like 15 years. <laughs> okay. You know, the, but I mean, these were well-known you know, household household name <laughs> comic strips. And I don't know if there's – if there are any comic strips out there that – your average Joe on the yeah. street even has any idea. I think yep. Boondocks was probably the last major comic strip to actually have any kind yeah. of impact. And, and Because they made a cartoon of it. Right, no, but even before that. But then also, look at how different Boondocks was comparative to the, like, the Peanuts. You know, like, yep. it made an impact because it was, it was against that, I suppose. So it was already working, you know, against the idea of, of what comic strips were. And now they wouldn't even have anything to comment on because Funky Winker Bean? Come on. Anyway, so uh, I'm nostalgic for the comics, and Wednesday Comics touched on that a little, but um, but yeah, I think the heyday of the Sunday Comics is kind of long gone, unfortunately. So, um, all right. So if you have any questions, uh, you can call us and leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Call in, keep it to about thirty seconds. Let us know your name, where you're from. We definitely want to hear from you. So uh, please call into the voicemail. Um, all right. Well, now's that time. Uh, we we talked about it earlier that there would be a uh, we're doing a giveaway this week. Uh, last week we gave away the Top Cow prize pack, and this week we've got a, a prize pack of uh, some DVDs from Funimation. Uh, the DVD uh, pack includes Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, the complete series, the Witchblade complete series, Afro Samurai the director's cut, and Bexiel, which is supposed to be awesome. Uh, it is very, very visually stunning. Yes. So yes, um, the winner of that prize pack is Jonathan Merrifield. So congratulations, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan is a member of iFanboy, and that's how you can be eligible to win these giveaways. And you can go to iFanboy.com. There's a red post right on the homepage about the October giveaways. The next prize pack is pretty sweet, and Josh is not eligible. Uh, it is a collection of Inhumans comics from the 70s with some amazing artists, including one Jack Kirby. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, those are gone. Oh, they're gone it. now. <laughs> there was, there was a, ship, a shipping mishap. Yeah, you ain't, ain't going to hear from them no more. <laughs> so, um, so congratulations, Jonathan, and, uh, and uh, go to ifanboy.com to see about other future giveaways and how you can become eligible. Well, the the best way for you to become el- the only way for you to become eligible for those is uh, to become an iFanboy member. The iFanboy members are the people who really help us keep this whole thing going, the the podcast and the website and all those things. And we are eternally grateful to you. And we wish we could give prizes to all of you, but that's a lot of mailing and money. Uh, if you want to become an iFanboy member, you can go to iFanboy.com slash store. And for a, a simple $4 a month, that's the cost of one bad comic book. Most of you buy a lot more than that. Uh, you can you can very easily help out. Or $42 a year if you want to do it all as one shot. You get an iFanboy prize pack. That's a little some buttons, a sticker, and you'll get a random comic book. If you really, really want to be generous, uh, no way required, but if you want to, you can also go for $10 a month or just $100 a year. With that, we'll also throw in an iFanboy member t-shirt. So that is the 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 best way, the one that we like the most if you want to help iFanboy out. But there's also other things you can do that are that are nice and easy and don't don't impact on your life at all. Make sure you click the banners when you're at iFanboy.com and check out the sponsors. Uh, we are making sure that we have links to the sponsors in the show notes for this podcast now um, so you can check out the stuff of the people who are supporting us and we always appreciate that. Uh, you can go and you can order uh, one of our t-shirts at iFanboy.com.store ifanboy.com slash store uh, you can get the power and responsibility t-shirt or the, the Herm shirt which will uh, be at, be back soon we're pre-ordering them uh, now yeah no, it's, it's actually the, the, both the uh, I know some members have been uh, uh, new members are waiting on their t-shirts as well as the Herm shirt they're at the printers right now we should have them in a couple in yes. about a week or two so and yeah. yesterday uh, Dave Gibbons uh, remembered and said he says he wears his Herm shirt all the time and that was awesome Ooh, that was pretty cool <laughs> that was like I was like what a wonderful cool. day <laughs> Uh, both of those shirts are $15, and there's only a limited number of them. So if you want one, uh, order it. That would be good. So yeah, the, that, fact that, the fact that we, got, we gave Gibbons a Durham t-shirt is, like, unbelievably epic. <laughs> it's, this is referencing right. no, nothing. We just think it looks it would look good on you. Right, it, yeah, it, does, it means absolutely nothing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, so please head over to ifanboy.com slash store and we thank everybody who's helped out so far. So um I, I love my power and responsibility shirt. I wear it all the time. Oh, you're the best, Chris. So um so Chris, you are a a a, a vertical uh, cornucopia of podcasting. Aren't you? Something like that. Yeah, what do you what, what, for those who have, who've never heard of you, what what do you got going on? Um uh probably uh, the one I spend the most time on is Around Comics, and uh, uh, we've been going for about five years. If you listen to the Comic Book Podcast, you've probably at least seen it out there. So uh, we just came off of vacation. Actually, as this episode of iFanboy comes out, our first Around Comics episode in a month is uh, is coming out today. And uh, uh, we have uh, Tom Caters and Mike Norton and uh, Christian Alame, who is the inker on, uh, on uh, Green Lantern these days for a really fun conversation so yeah i do around comics and so, uh, um, this so other one well before uh so with the new around comics uh, how do you think the audience is going to react to the new format change the new format um it's, it's, of it's the, like a, the it's like a two minute quick hit format right like you talk about something for two minutes and then there's a loud yeah. donkey bray and then you have to change subject and if you don't you get the hose <laughs> yeah, lots of bang, pow. Yeah, it's it's total. There's Russian dancers. It's right. awesome. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to point something out. I just did a quick check yesterday on iTunes, and you have uh, 388 uh, ratings, and you're averaging five stars, and that is pretty impressive. That's awesome. It's almost That's as impressive as having 590 and averaging five stars. Oh, but it's not. Son of a bitch. No, it's nothing to feel bad about. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. There was a time whenever we were like neck and neck, and then it, it's – I, I don't know who you guys paid off, but you just like just like took off. And I'm like, okay. We don't have to pay anybody off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I said, we went, oh, oh, this is oh, – hold on. I'll take care of this. And then we went back to sleep. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, no fun, it's no fun poking fun back and forth whenever they just dusted us. Yeah. So, uh, no, it's – you know, I, I – yeah, the thing about podcasting, and I'll be real quick and real brief here, is that I've been really lucky to be on on two shows that that the chemistry is really great with all the people that are involved, and and I've developed friendships on on both Around Comics and the other podcast, Eleven O'clock Comics. It's they're two very different shows, but um, I know people from all parts of the country now because of these shows, and and you guys are an extension of that. It's like you know, I I consider each and every one of you, um, even Connor, who who won't be here, you know, w- with me. And, uh, and yeah, I'm he won't. Yeah, that's the, that. that's that's the real reason why we haven't had you on is because the, uh, the Connor Chris riff. The, yeah, the whole yeah the, that yeah, thing in San now. Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Not, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Whenever we shared that room in in, in San Francisco, I'm sorry, Awkward. Connor. Awkward. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's um, I mean, you guys, you guys are are friends, just just like uh, just like the other guys on on Around Comics and Eleven O'clock Comics. So it's uh, podcasting has been been really good to me in meeting some some awesome comic book fans and just good people around the country. That must podcasting make up has been better that we don't get any money. For it. No. <laughs> um, so, so eleven o'clock comics as well, right? Where, where, yep, yep. Um, uh, eleven o'clock comics dot com, I think, or bullpen bulletins podcast dot com. I don't know. David and Vince. Yeah, yeah. Eleven, 11 o'clock comics, and that comes out every Thursday or Friday, depending on when Vince gets done editing. And that's just four guys that uh, sit around, have a cocktail, and talk about uh, psychotropic drugs and comic books. Yeah, it's. Creepy sometimes. <laughs> um, a little bit. Excellent. Well, th- we thank you for coming on, Chris. We appreciate it. Oh. You know, long-time friend of the show, so it's overdue. Well, th- thank you for having me. Hopefully and, I didn't, from, uh, didn't bore you to tears. From now on, people will uh, people will maybe know that we're joking. Yeah, maybe they'll figure <laughs> oh. it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to do something mean tomorrow, yes. and that'll that'll set it all off again. So. Fire, yeah, exactly. I hope, I hope, I hope someone's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. You, the people actually didn't get that, that all of the the – was just joking between oh, they us. Did. Yeah, they really. I, I got so many like, why are you so mean around comics? You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that you were the little, the around comics with the little boy in this. What are you picking on them for? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they can't help it. <laughs> yeah. anyway, so, uh, maybe it was whenever I started the better than I fanboy tag on. Yeah, Twitter. that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so um, and people can find you on Twitter at twitter.com dot com slash c Neesman, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's right. 
Very cool. Um, so speaking of podcasts, our sister podcast, uh, Murmur, had a new uh, episode come out last Tuesday, um, episode number nine. Uh, myself, Paul Montgomery, who also writes for iFanboy, as well as our friend uh, Ryan Panagos, who you might know as Agent M on Twitter, works at Marvel. Uh, we were on talking about some movies, talking about some music and some technology stuff. So if you want to check that out, go to Murmur.com. Uh, it's a good time. Yeah, so. I, I learned that I never want to be on a music podcast with Ron. Because I would well, just go, oh, that's awful. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Did I you not know, like anything in that patch? I hated every single thing you played. Although I, oh, loved, I thought you would have liked girls and, and hated. fun. I hated. It was awful. Yeah. And uh, you like girly singers. Boy girly singers. That's what I've decided. There was some harder stuff at the end. Yeah, but that was like being in 1994. It was horrible. Uh, but that's however, Paul... I could listen to Paul give a comment. Oh, it's the new in, my new favorite thing is Paul talking about music. In my well, notes, I had boardwalk with. I was like, yes. <laughs> oh, listen to that. It's very it's very entertaining. That's what I was saying. Hey, get over to ifanboy.com to read Ron's full pick of the week review and all the discussion that goes on after that. And then if you go to ifanboy.com slash comics, every book has its own discussion going on about it. You can write your own reviews, do all sorts of stuff. Of course, on the main page, there are new stories going up every day, stuff about things that are going on in the industry and opinion pieces from the fantastic writing team that we have that Chris is no longer writing for. And uh, you can go he's, to he's, 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 on, he's on the reserve. He's yeah. on the bench. Like, uh, <laughs> He got too busy. That's fine. He blew up. Look for iFanboy.com slash about, and you will see stuff about all the people who write on the site, links to us, uh, social networking, stuff like that. And look out soon for the return of the iFanboy video show, Wheel of in Motion. Yes. I might, be, I might be filming this weekend for that, maybe. My mm. God. So, maybe I'll decide to start drinking again and, and writing about it. What? Decide to start drinking again? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> You've got the news you, you right now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have to you have to be very conscious about this. Like, hmm, maybe I should start drinking again. I, you know, I, th- I think these things. What, like, like every hour you have that thought, or what? <laughs> it is 10 a.m. Well, well, we see here. It's uh, well, it is 12 17. It's, no- uh, it's noon somewhere yeah. <laughs> in Chicago. I, I, my first boss had a had a clock that all of the numbers were five. Nice, well done. <laughs> So um, if you like the show, you got a question for us, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys It's one 326 2697 Any questions or comments or anything, leave your name. Tell us where you're from. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and if you like us uh, and you don't like Around Comics, you can go write a review on <laughs> iTunes. Uh, but while you're there, write a good review about Tom vs. The Flash. Um, as well as iFanboy, or better yet, tell your friends, tell your comic book store about iFanboy, about Iran Comics, about 11 O'Clock Comics, about Tom vs. Flash, about Word Balloon, about Comic Geek Speak, about Pipeline, about all the great podcasts that are out there. Uh, wonderful world of people talking about comics. Um, we love all the podcasts. Um, congratulations to CGS, which uh, got over 700 episodes recently, mm-hmm. so that was, good. That was a good time. Week. Yeah, yeah, so very good. Uh, that episode was entertaining. They went from to 5 sit. to 700 just last week. Yeah. Impressive. <laughs> That was a big week. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, cool. Well, Chris, thank you for joining us. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, uh, we need to uh, need to return the favor here and uh, and have you guys on, on AC. And uh, um, thank you, um, Ron, for coming out and visiting over Windy City. It was great to hang out with you. And, uh, and maybe next year uh, Josh and, and Connor I, can make it I out. I wanted to go. Don't get me wrong. I was like, oh, I, I know. wish I was there. You, you, got, you got little little things in ovens and stuff there yeah. in New York. You gotta well, that doesn't out. sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in the oven. You have, you, you have, you have, and congratulations! I heard that uh, you guys have a son on the way. That's, that's the, what they tell me. The first official iFanboy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Just, I'm not. By the way, not naming him after a comic book character. Yeah, the joke. Oh, good for you. You know how yeah, obvious. You know how obvious that would be. You're naming him after me, right? I was gonna say his name's gonna be Ron. Yeah. Ron. Ronald J. Richards Jr. Jr. <laughs> All right. At least, at least he doesn't uh, look like Ron. Hopefully, wink, wink. <laughs> oh, hey, oh. <laughs> because he's ugly. <laughs> oh. Way to spin that one around, Josh. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Chris. That's right. I go last, newbie. I'm Josh. <laughs> I won't be back next week. In measured hundredweight and penny pound. And his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him.